This month, we have, uh, oop, sorry, Shh. we've gone on a journey, and uh, the journey that we've gone on has been through the Christmas story. Uh, some of my vision for this was I wanted every Sunday in December to be Family Sunday. I wanted our kids, our younglings, to see what the celebration is all about, why we do what we do, our, our worship, our offering, our communion time, um, looking at God's Word. I hope that in that, you've had some good conversations this month with your kids. I also had a vision of paralleling some children's Christmas stories with the birth story of Christ, with the struggles that Mary and Joseph went through, with some different things. And, and today, we close out this series that we've called The Journey. Today, what I'm going to challenge you with is that the journey changes our hearts when we journey with God. And I'll bet if you've looked at the bulletin or even my PowerPoint for today, you probably have no idea what children's story we're going to use. <laughs> we're going to talk about how the Grinch stole Christmas. There's some, you're probably sitting there going, what in the world does that have to do with any aspect of the Christmas story? And you'll be surprised because when you have a brain like mine, there are a lot of connections that can be made. <laughs> With the story of the birth of Christ. And I'm excited to get into this with you. Um, but I, I have to say this. I, my heart goes out to the Grinch. I think maybe he would be a lot less Grinchy if every five minutes on the radio there wasn't somebody playing a song about how bad his breath stunk and about how bad his attitude was. All right? I think somebody needs to rewrite that. That's your challenge for the new year. There needs to be a new Grinch song because he really isn't that bad of a guy. But... He was just written that way. So if you'll indulge me for just a second, I would like to read the beginning of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It's by one of my personal favorite authors, Dr. Seuss. Uh, his books helped me to overcome a lot of things growing up. Dyslexia was one of them, because when you can read Fox and Box and Socks and Rocks and all that stuff, it helps get your eyes focused on what you're looking at. So I love Dr. Seuss, and if you don't, shame on you, because... Not only is he a good author, he's a great theologian. All right, here we go. The How the Grinch Stole Christmas by Dr. Seuss. Every who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot. But the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not. The Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Now, please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. It could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight, but I think that most likely, reason of all, may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. But whatever the reason, his heart or his shoes, he stood there on Christmas Eve hating the Who's, staring down from his cave, with a sour, grinchy frown at the warm, lighted windows below in their town. For he knew every who down in Whoville beneath was busy now hanging a mistletoe wreath. We're going to get back to the Grinch here in just a minute. We're going to stop right there. The who's are in Whoville hanging a mistletoe wreath. Uh, spoiler alert, by the way, in case you're wondering, in the book and in the movie, uh, the movie The Grinch, there's, there's something that changes his heart. So hang on to that little tidbit 
as we continue. And one other thing. Some of you should take this as a personal challenge. The Grinch responds to what he hears. Just planting that seed at the beginning of this, okay? We're going to come back around. You see, there are different ways we can respond to the good news of Jesus' birth. As you look at the whole birth story, hopefully this week in your Bible time, I want to encourage you to go back and read Matthew and Luke's account before the new year about Jesus' birth and all of the things that took place. You'll see that King Herod, the wise men, the shepherds, even Joseph and Mary, they all responded differently to the good news of Jesus' birth. In short, when we journey with Christ, it should change our hearts. And it did change the lives of Herod and the wise men and the shepherds. Will you pray with me? Father God, we come before you right now and with an odd illustration. And, and as we look at that, and as we parallel a, a classic children's story with your word, I pray that we will see the, the strength of the illustration. But more than that, I pray that we will see the strength and the trueness of your word. That it will strike a chord in our hearts. That we will respond accordingly to what we hear today. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen. So all of these people, and today specifically I'm going to talk about King Herod. I'm going to talk about the wise men. I'm going to talk about the shepherds. King Herod, when he heard the news about the birth of the new king, he was jealous to a, to a certain degree. And I think that he was also afraid when he heard this prophecy read to him. Matthew says this, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Now, as a king, that's, that's not just something in writing. That's a declaration that your days are numbered. All right? And, and so Herod acted out of jealousy and he acted out of fear. And I think, too, when he found out the wise men were not coming back, he acted out of anger because he was a king who the wise men kind of thwarted his plan, if you will, because he lied to the wise men. He said, hey, go find this baby. Come back and let me know where he is so I can worship him too. But he didn't want to worship baby Jesus. He wanted to, PG-13, he, you know, he didn't want him to worship him. He wanted him to be over. And when the wise men didn't come back out of jealousy, out of fear, and then out of probably a rage or anger, he set out a decree that all baby boys two years old and younger should be killed. On a lighter note, in the live-action movie, The Grinch, the mayor of Whoville, who I think represents Herod in a sort of way, he was also afraid of someone that was different. He was also jealous. Even as kids, there's this little flashback scene in the movie, The Grinch, where as kids, they're uncomfortable with The Grinch because he's different. He's green and he's nine and he's shaving and they make fun of him. And, and, and you know, he, the mayor of Whoville, as a kid, bullies The Grinch. And then as adults, he always tried to make the Grinch look bad. And the problem is, I, I, and the, the connection here is, we tend to do the same thing. With things we don't understand, we, we tend to just kind of push them out. Some of you, as a matter of fact, rather than trying to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ, you find the parts that make you comfortable and you cling to those pieces, but you don't allow the whole of the good news to change you and become part of who you should be and who you are. 
I think the biggest mistake we make is getting comfortable with where we are as Christians. And we push everybody else out that's not cookie cutter just like us. We think we've arrived at at baptism, but the truth is our baptism is just the beginning. There's a whole journey of mentoring and growing and discipleship that is expected of every Christian by God. And that, so that we can grow from being dead in sin to being mature, disciple-making Christians. Some of you, you have to go out of your way as you journey with Christ and as he changes your life. You're going to have to go out of your way. And think about this for a second. While Mary is pregnant with Jesus, some men from another country see a star. Okay? In particular, they see a new star. And these men pack up their things and they intentionally begin following this star. We sang about it. A couple different songs. Those are some of my favorite Christmas songs. And and, and I love it because if you ask my son, I have multiple favorite of things. But some of the songs we sang this morning were just my favorites today. Next Sunday, there'll be more favorites. But think about this. These, These men begin intentionally following the star. Now, this is not just three guys on camels riding through the desert to the next oasis, okay? This is tents and and servants and heavy boxes filled with scrolls and prophecies and supplies and more servants. I just realized how I wrote that. The servants aren't in the boxes, okay? But this, this, sorry. This is like a small town of people moving across the land on a probable two to three year journey to meet this prophesied child king And worship Him. You see, the journey will change your heart. The journey will change your lives. The wise men, these guys went out of their way to reach the Christ child and to celebrate Him with the gifts that they brought. They knew what the prophecy said. If you have your Bible, or even if you have your fake Bible on your phone, hold it up real quick. (laughs) If you have it, go ahead. Hold it up. Okay. You have all the information you need from God right there. Just like these men had a scroll that had this prophecy on it, okay? And having it, hearing it, and believing and acting on it are two different things. They not only believed the prophecy that they had, but they sought it out. They were given the good news of Jesus' birth through the stars and a scroll that was probably older than they were, and they responded out of reverence. You were holding in your hands words from God that are definitely older than you are. How are you going to respond with it? Is it just going to be a decoration on your coffee table? Is it going to just sit in that little holder on your phone for your phone in the car and just use it as your GPS and not open the Bible app? In the new movie simply titled The Grinch... Cindy Lou Who, who's one of my favorite characters in all of the Grinchy things, she goes out of her way to intentionally invite the Grinch to the Whoville Christmas celebration. Now, the Grinch goes out of his way to intentionally try to avoid her (laughs) and and even attempts to steal Christmas because that's what the whole screenplay and book are about is he steals Christmas. We'll get on that in a minute, but right now... I'm going to do a recap just to make sure everybody understands where I'm headed at. Okay, so we're all on the same page. Herod hears the good news, and he responds in a less than average way. 
The wise men hear the good news or actually see the good news and they respond by intentionally following the star of the prophecy. All right, so do you have your minds wrapped on that? Now here, I'm going to throw this in at you. While the wise men are traveling and while King Herod is kind of stewing, baby Jesus has been born. Cue the shepherds. They're also a favorite part of mine to this story. The shepherds are out here with their sheep just like any other night. But I think about the shepherds. I probably think too much about the shepherds because here's the thing. These guys, these are the third shift shepherds. All right. You know, like the shift work. All right. Seven, you know, seven to three, three to three to seven or three to 11, 11 to seven. These are those. These are those guys. All right. The 11 to seven guys. They aren't first shift Shepherds, they're third shift guys. These are the guys that during the, they don't get the day shift, but during the day shift, they have to go out and find strays that wandered off on their watch. These are the guys that, that have to tend to the camp and do stuff and then sleep a little and then go back. So these are like, I just, they still have to work third shift. I just think about the shepherds and I think about, you talk about the least of these, you know? These, this, I don't understand God sometimes because it's like, why these guys? Well, these shepherds were unaware of anything going on until the angels showed up. And in Luke chapter 2, I want to read this with you. The angel shows up, and these guys are just watching the shepherds, watching the sheep. An angel shows up, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. The, the audience is shepherds, third shift shepherds, not even good shepherds. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. All right, what was a sign for the wise men? It was a star. And the shepherds get a sign. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, so first off, there's just one angel. And that angel says, don't be afraid. I have to tell you this good news. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, say it with me, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom with he is pleased. You see, when the angels went away from them into heaven, and this is why God chose shepherds, because the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. So they show up, they see the baby, and they say to Mary and Joseph, hey, this is what the angels just told us. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And here's my favorite part. <laughs> the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Are you hearing this? Upon hearing the good news, 
the shepherds responded. They could have sat right there and been like, I didn't see anything. Did you see anything? Uh uh-uh. uh. Ain't nobody going to believe us, anyways, right? The angel, and then a whole group of angels, and then they said stuff, and, mm. oh, look, a sheep that wandered off. Let's go get him. <laughs> they heard. And they responded. When they heard the good news, they went to see this baby Savior King. And then they went to tell everyone. That whole go tell it on the mountain thing, that's what they did. That's kind of where the sheep hung out. And so they went and they told everyone. The shepherds encountered Christ as a baby and their lives changed. Their hearts changed from that moment on. This blows my mind. Little baby Jesus didn't even utter a word. He hadn't preached a sermon. He hadn't done a miracle. He was just born. That was it. But they knew what the angels told them. And when they encountered Jesus, even as a baby, their lives would never be the same. And they responded to the good news of the birth of our Savior by going in obedience and telling others. And when we encounter Christ, when we journey with him, our lives should change for the better. We should have an unyielding desire to tell everyone we know that we have the cure for the sin problems in our world. Listen, I don't care how you came to hear the good news or how you came to that point in life where you were like, it's time to be immersed and have my sins washed away and make Jesus the Lord and Savior of my life. But if you've done that, you have work to do. You don't believe me? Listen to this story from Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. Now, this is Jesus as a man, okay? They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And then when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, uh, he just got there. He stepped out of the boat and immediately there met him um, out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs and no one could bind him any, anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart and he broke the shackles into pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. At this point, you guys are going, what in the world does this have to do with the birth story of Jesus and what we should... Stay with me. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him and crying out with a loud voice, he said, what have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I adjure you, by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, Jesus was saying to him already, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Jesus was having conversation with the spirit within this man. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send him out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. And they begged him saying, send us to the pigs. Let us enter them. They're asking Jesus for permission. And so Jesus gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out of this man and entered the pigs and the herd numbering about 2,000. That's like a gaggle of pigs. That's a lot of pigs. And they ran, rushed down to the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told told it in the city and in the country And people came to see what it was that had happened. 
And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion, sitting there clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Now, I've got to pause right there for a second. They see this man who they've known for however long to be crazy and untamable and, and just out there, and they see him clothed and in his right mind, and they're now afraid. Jesus has done an amazing work in this man's life and the people are afraid. That's what happens when Jesus does an amazing work in our life and our friends see it, our neighbors see it, our fellow employees see it and they go, oh, hold on a second. I got to step back from you because there's something on you and I don't know if I want to get it on me. But they see this and they're afraid and those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man? And I would love to hear the story of these people talking about, and then the pigs just went all, you know, crazy, and it was pure pandelirium, and they ran down the hill and into the water. And they began to beg. Sorry. Yeah, there we go. Thank you. I got ahead of myself. But they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. How many times have we kick Jesus out for a little while so we could continue to do whatever it was we were doing. They said to Jesus, we see what you did in this man's life and that was good for him, but we're going to need you to leave. (laughs) Yeah. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. Beg Jesus, take me with you. These people are crazy, right? There's <laughs> a, a demon-possessed man. He's in his right mind. He's like, hey, take me with you because they don't want to be around. And, and, but as he, Jesus didn't permit him. Instead, Jesus said to him, say that word with me, go. That's my favorite word. Jesus said, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. And how he has had mercy on you. And verse 20 says, And he, the demon-possessed man, now in his right mind, went away and, like the shepherds, began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone marveled at his story. All right, so God chose to use shepherds, third shift shepherds, and a demoniac to go tell the rest of the world. I bring that up. One reason is we as Christians always go, I can't go tell. I don't, I don't know. I don't know enough. I can't go tell somebody about Jesus. Hey, you're not a third shift shepherd. Some of you are like master degree holding people. You have all the knowledge you need. Now go tell someone about Jesus. You're not a demon possessed person, but he still has touched your life and changed your heart, go tell someone about Jesus. Jesus changed this man's life with a few words. And this man responded by going, it's kind of like this. Jesus said to him, and, and just humor me for a moment, if you will. I, I wish they had the guy's name. I wish it was like Bill the demoniac or something like, just so we could, because I can't identify because he's not a demoniac anymore. He's, he's been cured. Anyway, Jesus said to him, hey, it's been great to be here with you today. To heal you from your demons. But now it's time for you to go to win others by preparing people to hear the message that I'm going to bring later. 
And this man, this man who was crazy and naked and hurting himself in a cemetery for most of his adult life was ready to commit himself to grow in the knowledge of Christ. And he went and told everyone in the Decapolis, which means 10 cities. So he went on like a little 10 city tour, like, like you know, Scottsboro, Gurley, um, Huntsville, Madison, you know, Decatur. He, he just did this little 10 city tour. How about you? Every week you hear some part of the good news. And I ask you the same question that we ask in our CPR groups. Uh, by the way, if you haven't signed up for CPR group, the kickoff is next year. We have several that you can join and be a part of. And you can sign up in the foyer for a CPR group. I don't know if I mentioned that today. But the question we ask every time your CPR group meets, if your facilitator is not asking this question, come and tell me and I'll, I'll get on them. They'll be in trouble. But the question is, who are you going to tell? We just had this conversation. We just had this story from the scripture. Who are you going to go share it with this week? And if all you have in your life is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news that he was born to take your place, to be the forgiveness for your sins, if that's all you have, it's enough. That's all the demoniac had. He had the good news of Jesus bringing him life and bringing it abundantly. And he took that and prepared 10 cities for the message that was to come. Kind of like the who's in Whoville at the end of the Grinch. And and I'm going to show you a clip here in just a second from the original Grinch story. Their presents are all gone. The Grinch has stolen Christmas. And, And what do they do? They gather around a tree out in the middle and they sing because they know that it wasn't about the presence. And when the Grinch heard the song, though, the story goes that the Grinch's heart grew three times bigger that day. Watch this clip and try not to cry. <clears throat> It'll get you. not working come on Grinch work they're gathering around the bells are ringing they're singing the Whoville song hey the good news is I have the book let's get oh there it is
You see, in the end, the Grinch journeys to Whoville, and he's changed because of one thing. And I don't know if you've seen the new movie in, in theaters, The Grinch, but my favorite scene is at the end. And the Grinch says to Cindy Lou Who's mother, your daughter's kindness changed me. Your daughter's kindness changed me. And that's the whole, that's the point of this whole book. So leave the Grinch alone and be like Cindy Lou. In a world of Grinches, that's what we need to be. Like Cindy Lou Who. You see, we are flawed people. And yet he loves us enough that in his kindness, God sent his son for us. And John reminds us in John chapter 10, verses 7 through 10, why Jesus came. He says this, So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep, and all who came before me are thieves and robbers. He's talking about the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the legal religious people of that time. He said, all that come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and he will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus says, talking about himself, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I think about Jesus saying that as a grown man in his earthly ministry. And I think back to, huh, maybe there is something to those angels going to the shepherds and saying, I have good news for you. The good shepherd came and he's in a manger and he came that we may have life and have it abundantly. And he came to lay down his life for his sheep. That's us. And that is the kindness of God. And when we journey with Jesus, when we truly walk with him and we walk in his word, when we submit to his authority, the journey will change us. I got news for you. It it changed everybody. You can be like King Herod. The journey changed him. You can be like the wise men. The journey changed them. They did not go back the same way they came. You can be like the shepherds. But either way, journeying with Jesus will change your life. And just so we're clear, he gave his life so that we might live through him. 1 John 4, 9 says this, By this the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. Amen? As we come to our response time this morning, the question that you need to respond to is this. If everything I shared with you today is true, except for Dr. Seuss, because that was that's different. But from the Bible, if everything I shared with you is true, what are you willing to do about it? Some of you need to respond by submitting to Jesus as your Lord and Savior in baptism for the forgiveness of your sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Some of you need to respond by asking for prayer and accountability in your life that you will have the boldness of a shepherd and the tenacity of the wise men and the desire of the demoniac as you go tell others about Christ. The elders are here. They'd love to pray with you about that.
But however you decide to respond this morning, will you stand and sing our response song and respond to God's word accordingly? It's been great to be here with you all this morning, to worship with you, to share with you from God's Word, to challenge you to fully respond to God's Word. But now it's time to go to win and commit to grow. As you go with the good news of Jesus Christ, fresh in your mind and in your heart, the question remains, will you go like Herod and the mayor of Whoville with fear and jealousy about the good news? Will you go like the wise men, prepared to do whatever it takes to follow where God is leading you? Will you go like the shepherds to intentionally tell everyone that you have seen and heard about what you have seen and heard today? Will you leave like the Grinch left Mount Crumpet with your heart growing three times today because of the good news of Jesus Christ? Like I said earlier, there are enough Grinches in this world. Let's go being like Cindy Lou Who. And as you go every day this month, or every Sunday this month, we've given you a gift, and we have one more gift for you. It's to remind you what we've talked about this morning. It's just a simple little bag with a heart on it, and it's filled with goodness. Because when we journey with God, it will change our hearts, and it will change our lives. Will you sing this last song with us?